Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. On today's episode, I am talking all about Chekhov's gun. Now, this concept used to really confuse me, but I think over the years, I finally got a grasp on what it really means and how to use it in my own writing. Overall, the concept of Chekhov's gun is about how every element of a story should contribute to the book as a whole. This idea comes from Anton Chekhov, who was a Russian physician and author. He famously said that medicine is my lawful wife, but literature is my mistress, because he lived his life as a doctor and then he managed to write in his spare time. So he died in 1904, but his famous writing advice from the 1880s is still popular and used today. So he famously said that if in the first act you have hung a pistol on the wall, then in the following act it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it there. And that whole idea of the setup requires a payoff has created this idea of Chekhov's gun and people refer to it all the time. Basically, you shouldn't introduce anything into your story that doesn't really have a purpose. You have to honor the images and the descriptions that you include. If you set up and detail intricately in the beginning of the book or the first act, some guy making bread, how it smells, and then you never pay it off in the end, you have misused the concept of Chekhov's gun and it'll leave your readers feeling unsatisfied. The lesson is essentially that everything should be cohesive. All of your scenes, your imagery, your dialogue, descriptions should contribute to the whole story in a way that makes sense. But I want to reiterate because this is what really caught me up in this idea. It doesn't mean that every single plot point of your story must be hugely significant. Sometimes you have to include elements just to set a mood or describe a place, but overall, most things should correspond to the whole story in some way. For instance, if you describe a street with a lot of cars because you are setting up a city scene, it doesn't necessarily mean that the main character is going to drive away in a car or be run over by a car later on. You're just trying to set the mood that this is in a city and it's a normal occurrence to have a lot of cars on the street. So the way that I try to differentiate and can wrap my head around the concept of Chekhov's gun is in three different ways. 
So first, if you introduce an object or a scene or a character and you want them to play a significant role in the story, you have to hint at dramatic significance. And dramatic significance can be signaled in three ways. So the first, items like a gun and Chekhov's gun is unusual in and of itself. Like, especially in a story, if you introduce a gun in the first act, usually that symbolizes some sort of violence and aggression that will take place later in the story. Or if you're writing a book that takes place in the wild, wild west, for example, it's in a saloon, a small town where guns are commonplace, just don't draw so much significance to it for the reader if it doesn't come into play in a significant way later in the story. Otherwise, that's a misuse of the Chekhov's gun principle. A second way you can signal dramatic significance with a certain item, a character, or a scene to the reader as if you focus on it in detail. The reader will expect that it will come into play somehow later in the book. They don't know how, but you're foreshadowing or hinting that it is part of Chekhov's gun. It is significant. So if you mention a wedding ring in the beginning of a book and you just describe it in detail, it'll signal to the reader that something related to this ring, it goes missing, or marriage is bound to happen. And then thirdly, if you introduce something ordinary in an unexpected way, it also shows dramatic significance and utilizes the principle of Chekhov's gun. For instance, if it's a snowstorm or a snow day and someone shows up in a sundress at school, if you set up the reader with this out of the ordinary, unexpected event, you're gonna have to answer and explain why that happened later in the book. Oftentimes people will say that they found a book unsatisfying or they didn't really like it but they couldn't quite put their finger on why. Sometimes, not all the times, this is because a writer has misused the Chekhov's gun principle. They have given a lot of setup, a lot of detail, and then they never delivered or explained why that was there in the first place, so there's zero payoff for the reader at the end of the book. It's important to note, too, that Chekhov's gun doesn't always have to be a gun. It doesn't have to be an item. It could be something that happens to your character. For instance, if you mention that your character is afraid of heights, the only reason you need to mention that specific character trait is if eventually they are faced with climbing to the top of a high mountain or a tower. Maybe they fall off of something. There's no need to include that detail if there's no payoff down the road. Chekhov's Gun for me is really about foreshadowing, hinting at little narrative details throughout the book and introducing clues that are subtle enough that when the reader goes back after they finish the book to look for them, all of the clues are there, all of the hints are there, but they're little Chekhov's guns, little guns that they overlooked in the first place. There are two ways that you can implement this into your writing. The first is when you're plotting or outlining. Make sure that you analyze each scene and ask yourself, does this move the plot forward? Does this affect the story as a whole in a significant way? I'm a plotter. I love to outline, but I actually use the Chekhov's gun concept when I'm editing. For me, I can only go back and look at each scene and analyze okay, does this detail come into play later? 
And sometimes I work backwards and if I've introduced an object or detailed a character or a scene, it obviously was important to me as the writer early on. And I look at if there's a way that I can beef up that element throughout the book, make the foreshadowing even more significant, even more important. And if it doesn't come into play later in my story, then I can eliminate it or kill my darlings right then and there. When you're editing and looking for Chekhov's gun, you can ask yourself these types of questions. What is the overall significance of this scene? What questions does it raise and do I answer them? If you don't answer them, find places where you can, or if it doesn't make sense, like I said, just eliminate them. In a lot of my drafts, I have a hard time killing my darlings, but here's a side tip. Take all of those and put them in a second word document. I call mine the cutting room floor, or you could call it scraps or leftovers. I've heard some people call it like the word graveyard. Whatever fun name you come up with, anytime you're cutting scenes that you feel like, oh, that was such a beautiful sentence or a beautiful paragraph, or maybe it will become significant later, I just can't see how to do the payoff, put it in that separate Word document, your cutting room floor, you'll find that you really will not revisit it later as much as you think, but it's a comforting feeling, at least for me, to just have that knowing I could revisit it if I wanted to. Another great way to think about Chekhov's gun is by using it in reverse. So if you go back to his original quote, if there is a gun in the first act, then it must go off in the second act. Basically, if you're setting it up, you have to pay it off later. But by looking at it in reverse, if there is a murder that happens in your third act and the weapon is, I don't know, a bow and arrow, that bow and arrow should appear somewhere subtly in the first act. That's really the beauty of editing, because once you come to your ending, you can always go back and add in these hints and foreshadowing and guns, quote unquote, later. I also like to adhere to the rule of threes when I'm using Chekhov's gun in my work. Basically, the rule of threes is that you should mention or bring up something, an object, a character, a specific scene or detail at least three times so that it's in the reader's subconscious, but it's not too obvious that you're setting it up to pay it off later. If we use Chekhov's gun, for example, it's mentioned in the first scene, it's hanging on the wall. That's the setup. The second reminder should come maybe in the midpoint of the book. The gun is taken off the wall or it's mysteriously missing. And then the third mention of the gun comes in the final act when he's shot by this mysterious gun. So that's a way to use the rule of thirds or rule of threes when implementing Chekhov's gun. I seem to use Harry Potter in a lot of my examples throughout these podcast episodes, but it's just because I find it's a universally popular book that a lot of readers or writers will have at least heard of. So one famous example of Chekhov's gun being used by J.K. Rowling was in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Mad-Eye Moody's flask is mentioned three times in the book. 
And we, the readers, assume this flask he's drinking out of is for one thing, and then in the third act, there's a big plot twist, and it's for something completely different. So that is a great example of Chekhov's gun and the rule of threes, where something seemingly insignificant but kind of unique, a flask isn't something that's mentioned all of the time. It's brought up three separate times, but it's subtle enough that you don't really pay attention to it as a reader until you get to the big aha moment at the end. And then when you go back, you go, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't see that. When you look at an example like that, it seems like a simple concept, but for me, why I found it so confusing for years was that I took it too literally. I thought every single sentence and element had to play a significant role in the book. So when I was editing or when I was writing, it was overwhelming and mentally exhausting looking at every single sentence, trying to see if there was this setup and payoff with the Chekhov's gun principle. And just so you know, it is not necessary to be that literal with this principle. I personally like to use it very sparingly in my outlining process. I just use it more in my editing process when I'm going from my first draft to my second draft. I look through and see, okay, are there any redundant details or scenes that I have included but haven't mentioned again or that I have mentioned early in act one that I can beef up and use as foreshadowing in subsequent acts. Doing a Chekhov's gun pass-through of your manuscript really just is a helpful tool to make sure that every element and scene is in the right place and it's working for you as best as it possibly can. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.